The scripture reading today comes from Jonah, chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they had offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That last song, that rocked. That was a, I've never heard that song before, but man, that was, that was a good song. I really appreciate that one a bunch this morning. I really get excited about my introductions, and then after that, I just kind of fall apart. So um, I, I just, these things, when they come to me, I just get so happy about them, and I get all pumped up. So love songs are a real important part of our lives. And I'm sure we had one love song we've connected with someone over the course of our lives. Love songs, they make us happy. They can make us sad. Love songs help us to remember days of old, the good old days. Love songs tell a story about hurt love, things that's been hurt in our lives over one that we might love. And there's all kinds of genres of music out there that we've listened to to either help us when we're first falling in love or uh, help us when we're out of love or whatever it may be. But to me, growing up in the 70s, I used to go over to a guy's house named Derek Wall, and them were some of the best, worst love songs you've ever heard in country music. Men like George Jones, Conway Twitty, Johnny Cash, they had a way to bring out the hurt and the pain of love. But really, the guru, probably in all of love music, at least for me growing up, was Hank Williams. Hank Williams sang a song called, I'm So Lonesome, I Could Cry. The song was based on a relationship he had with his wife and his first wife when she suddenly passed away. And when he sung the song, it's like everybody gets irritated at birds when they sing or they see things out there and they get mad about it or maybe a guy driving too fast. But Hank Williams says... When I hear that, I hear love. You know? And he says, I I think about the love that I lost and the love that I had. And he would just sing that song because his relationship to his wife was broken. And broken relationships have a way to sink us to the very bottom of life. Love songs can really hurt us. And bring us down and it can cause us to mourn and be hurt. And there's nothing like going to the bottom of life. Well, Jonah this morning, he experienced three bottoms in his life. The first bottom he had, he was in the bottom of a sinking boat. These dudes were mad because the storm was raging and roaring and doing all these things. And they thought they had offended somebody's God. Who's God that we make mad that this is happening to us? They're finding out, did you make your God mad? Did you make your God mad? Somebody made a God mad. We got to figure it out. But here Jonah is at the bottom of the boat, not worried about anything going on at the top of the boat other than him himself trying to run from God. His second bottom was in the bottom of the waters in the belly of a big fish. Get rid of me, man. Throw me out. I'm the cause of this problem. 
So he goes into the water, and as he sinks in the water, he thinks he's going to die, but I would imagine even worse, just like Jaws coming to get you. Here comes this big fish, and he thinks, boy, this is really going to go down bad, and the fish swallows him, and he gets in the bottom of the fish. His third bottom was the bottom of a gourd. When it was all said and done, he finally goes out, and he sits by himself, and his head gets burnt probably because he's bald, I don't know. But God wants to protect him where he's at, and a little gourd comes over his head. Another bottom for Jonah. Three things happened that caused Jonah to be in this bottoms, and they happened for one reason and one reason alone. Jonah broke up with God. He said, Our relationship is done. I will not do what you're asking me to do. And so I'm going to run from you and get away from you and be out. I want nothing to do with you. As a result of this breakup, he was cast into the sea and then taken by a big fish. Jonah seemed all alone as described in the call to worship. When I read that scripture this morning, he said everything I've done. There's weeds all around me. There's darkness all around me. There's sorrow all around me. Where can I go and what can I do? I am all alone in this fish. I need some help from God. Yet Jonah was not alone because in his mind and in his heart, he knew he could call on God. Somebody that is so sunk so far, they won't call, they won't seek God, and they won't recognize God's presence. But Jonah knew God was somehow there. He was not alone. So he calls out to God. I will remember, he says, in the belly of this fish, when I'm hurting, when things around me are wrong, I will remember the presence of God. He was not alone. The men who did not know his God prayed. And asked around, who has offended their God? These men were not necessarily men like Jonah was. They wouldn't have known his God. So they're praying to their own God asking for help. we got to find out how we've offended this great being. And in their own way, God was using them to protect his servant. They're praying, they're seeking, they're asking. They didn't know the one true God as Jonah did. But somehow those men being there kind of in their own way protected Jonah. And Jonah says, it's me, it's me, it's me. I have offended the one true God. And he says, throw me over. Get rid of me. And they said, are you crazy? He's already waxed a storm on us. And you're his servant and you've made him mad. You think we're just going to throw you out in the water and let you be on your own like that? There has to be another way to fix this problem between you and your God. And Jonah says, there's not. Throw me into the sea. And these men honored his request. In the belly of the fish, Jonah realizes God was there with him. There was nowhere Jonah could go to be out of the presence of God. Anywhere he went, anything he'd done, he was in God's presence. We run like that sometimes, don't we? We think we can just run away and move away. And God won't mess with me here. God won't speak to me here. I'm done with him and he's done with me. But there's all kinds of signs out there that God is with us. The first thing people don't like is a church building. Because when they see the building, that represents something to the people that go in that building. They don't like somebody to talk about God, so they try to put a honus on that. 
Maybe you get a phone call. Maybe you get a visit. But something happens physically in your life where you realize there is a God and He is with you. You don't have to take Him in and receive Him. You don't have to follow Him. You don't have to serve Him. You don't have to love Him. You can cast Him away, but He will never leave you. He's just that kind of God. Jonah understood that God would be merciful. He said, if I just pray to him, even in this big old fish, even with darkness and all this around me, he will protect me. But he also understood in this prayer that God would be merciful to anyone who would turn to the true and the living God. So Jonah in the belly of the fish, realizing that God would give him mercy and knowing that God had called him to go preach to somebody else that he didn't want to give mercy to, he had to give that up. And he says, I must give up my own way for the glory of God to flourish. If God and his knowledge and his kingdom and who he is is going to grow in people's life, he said, I must say, not me, God, but your will. Jonah relents. And says, I will follow you, I will serve you, and I will love you. The fish comes up and he spits Jonah out. And where Jonah go? He goes to Nineveh, right in the obedience to God. And he preaches the word of God and he asks the people to repent. And the Bible says the king and the people all repented in sackcloth and ashes. And they turned to the true and the living God because of Jonah giving up his own way. Jesus compared his death to the experience of Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so Christ would be in the bottom parts of the earth. But unlike Jonah, who broke up with God and says, I want nothing to do with you, I won't follow you, I won't serve you, Jesus was completely the opposite. He says, here I am, God, send me. I love you. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I will do what you ask me to do. In obedience to that call, Jesus gave up the glory of heaven to become like a man. When God says, who will go for me? Who shall I send? The word of God in heaven says, here I am. Send me. I will be your obedient servant. I will follow you and I will serve you. But Jesus also seemed to be in the bottom of life, did he not? He lost friends. He lost family. And it seemed like God broke up with him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jonah said, I want nothing to do with you. Get away from me. Jesus says, I'll follow you. I love you and I serve you. And still both relationships were broken up. But the glory of God still worked out because both followed the command and the will of God. I suspect you and I this morning, we're kind of like Jonah and Jesus. We hit bottom in rebellion to God. We say, no, I won't love you first. No, I won't serve you. No, I won't be your disciple. But you work on my way. You work on my agenda and you work on my time. And then we hit bottom and wonder why we're at the bottom. But then we hit bottom in obedience to God. Yes, I'll serve you. Yes, I'll follow you. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. But why are you being so mean to me? 
Can't you work one thing out in my life? Why do I have to go through such trials, such tribulation? Why am I going through all of this? I'm being obedient. And still we hit bottom. And third, I think we hit bottom because that's just the way life is. There's things that happen in our lives we don't anticipate, we don't ask for, we don't call for, but life is a mean, nasty animal. And when it hits you, it hits you hard, it hits you deep, and it seems like it hits you forever. And so life has a way to put us at the bottom. But still, God is with us. You can't run away from God. You will never get away from his presence. We'll never get away from his will. We'll never get away from his love. We'll never get away from his kindness. We'll never get away from his grace. He is always there with us, even at the bottom. And just maybe, I don't know. I didn't live back in church history. I don't understand all the things in the church calendar. But maybe this is why Lent is so important. I'm not going to explain all the past history of Lent and what all that means. I, I did that last year. You, you may look that up for yourself, but maybe this is why Lent is so important for the church. A time to reflect on our lives. Where am I at in relationship to this God? Am I following him? Am I serving him? Am I giving him everything I got? Do I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? How does my life Please you, almighty God. Maybe it's a time for us to remember how God good is to us. We do that often. We reflect and we think, yes, you were good to me. Yes, you did love me. Yes, you did care for me. And I forgot that. It's talked about in Revelation. Don't forget the goodness and the salvation of God, what he's done for you in your life and in your soul, how he's watched over you, how he's protected you, and how he's guided you. God is good to us. And I think Lent is a good time to reflect and remember how good he is to us. But maybe Lent is a time to set something aside so the love of God can flourish in our lives. We must give something up. When I say that, we don't have to, but there's something in all of our hearts and minds, I truly believe it, that we will not give to Him. That's the thing He wants. Because that's where He heals, that's where He touches And that's where he forgives. And we say, this part of my life I must keep, per Jonah. This part of my life you can't have. But that's what God wants. He wants the thing in our lives that hurts us and brings us down the most. And when we give it to him, his will and his way will flourish in our lives. Will flourish in our families. Will flourish in the church. Wherever we go, his will will flourish. But I'm going to tell you, setting something aside is no easy task. We say, for the Lent, I'm going to set this aside for the glory of God. That's not an easy thing to do or an easy thing to say. One time, I decided to fast. Sugars, no donuts. I'm telling you what, this guy came to visit me, brought in a box of donuts And the Bible says you ain't allowed to tell people what you're doing. And so it's perceived as you're just one rude preacher. You won't eat the donuts. Dude, you just don't know how bad I want those donuts. I could lie to you and tell you that my sugars are high or something. But, you know, 
Has that not happened to you? You say, I'm going to give something up for the glory of God. And then three minutes after you've done it, it's done hit you. And that's when you say, can't you be a little more gracious to me? Give me a day or two. Why do I have to run into that? It's not easy to give up something for the glory of God during Lent. It was not easy for Jonah to get rid of his pride and his prejudice and all the things that he was going through. It was no easy task for him to go to people and preach to them, people he didn't like, people who killed his people, people who put his people in captivity. That was not what he wanted to do. And yet God said, go. Go for me. And kicking and screaming, he went. And then when he got there, he got mad again. That's why the little gourd came over him. And God said, what's your deal? He said, I knew if I went and preached to these people, you would save them. How can you be so mad about this little tree and all these people around you are dying not knowing me? And that's kind of where the story ends. And Jonah was mad at God because he'd done the will of God and then got mad because God fulfilled the purpose that he wanted to do in people's life. Jonah wanted mercy. He wanted kindness. He wanted grace. But he had to also give that to the others that he was going to minister to. It wasn't easy for Jonah. It wasn't easy for Jesus to be worshipped and loved in heaven before you become man. To go to people that you're called to minister to. They hate you and talk about you wrong and do you wrong and everybody make fun of you. I would get so mad and I'd say with the pink of my finger right here, I'm blasting every one of you. But Jesus didn't do that. The disciples asked him, just kill them all, Jesus. They ain't going to follow you. They ain't going to listen to you. He said, no, that ain't the reason I came. God sent me to love, heal, and forgive. If it wasn't easy for Jonah, if it wasn't easy for Jesus, it ain't going to be easy for you and me. As we move through these 40 days of Lent, we will start on Ash Wednesday, 7 o'clock Wednesday night. For all those who want to come and be a part of service on Ash Wednesday, that time kicks off Lent. And that time, if you're willing, you're saying, I want to set something aside. Lord Jesus, here is what I lay down to you. We're not God. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And there is a time in our lives we should be in repentance. We should really reflect on the goodness and love of God. And that will happen on Ash Wednesday. And then as we through the Sundays in Lent, I'm going to speak on Jesus being in the wilderness and the things he done to help him through the trouble in the wilderness to get to where God wanted him to go. I want us to remember this morning, remember that nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And if you choose to participate in this, these 40 days, just really reflect in your own heart and in your own soul how good God has been to you, how much you love him, and what you're willing to say. I'm willing to do this for you, for your glory and for your honor. And through these 40 days, may we encourage and may we lift up one another and get behind one and say, man, you're okay. God is with you. You let him do the work. Amen. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the story of Jonah. In the broken relationship, he chose to break up with you, but you didn't break up with him. You sought him out. The story of Jesus used with him the whole time, the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Lord Jesus, you are with us today. Your Holy Spirit is with us today in our hearts and in our soul and in this sanctuary. And we give you the glory and the honor and praise for that. And we ask you, Lord, as many that are willing, as we move through these 40 days of Lent, beginning with Ash Wednesday, that, Lord, we would set aside something to say, Lord, this is not that important to me. You are. And I'm asking you to work in our hearts and work in our souls and help us, Lord, when we're hurting, when we feel at the bottom, that you sweep down with your love. You sweep down with your Holy Spirit, with the word of God, and you mend our hurting hearts. We are a people in repentance, Lord, because we haven't followed you and we haven't served you and we haven't loved you the way you ask. But we are committed to you and we want to do what's right in your eyes. Hear us now, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.